Welcome to Diaries of a Data Scientist, our podcast in which we share about what's important to break into data science, provide valuable insights also for senior data scientists, and invite interesting guests from different data science areas. We're Yasmin and Kate, we're both data scientists and mentors working in industry, and we are sharing here our thoughts and experiences. Let's go. Welcome to our third episode. Hi, guys. Today, we're going to talk more about soft skills that are needed by a data scientist who wants to survive and do well in the world of business and industry. In our last episode, episode number two, we've already discussed different roles in the value chain around data science, and we've quickly covered some of the soft skills, but we think it deserves its full episode. So that's yep. what we're going to do today. Yep, definitely. So pretty much um, in the last episode, we were talking about, you know, our personal stories uh, from Yasmin and me, how we got into the tech, how we got into the data science field specifically, and what like other roles in there, because you can easily mix that up, right? And we covered a little bit of the soft skills, a little bit of the tech skills. And Yasmin said on the previous episode that it definitely has its own spot. And we should talk about this definitely, like for kind of entire 30 or 45 minutes um, today. And yep. So I think yep. let's start with like the 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 most mm -hmm. obvious one, I think, which we also um, mentioned and covered a bit in last episode, which is communication. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What, what does this mean for you? So why do you think that communication is one of the most important soft skills for a data scientist? You know, I would say that it's better to start in here with the story that I personally had. And um, it had happened, uh, I wouldn't say quite recently, but in my journey as a data scientist, and unfortunately, I guess I'm not allowed to talk about people as well as the project itself. And what had happened, but let's say that I had a new project to work on. And mm -hmm. at the first time, it was, it seems to be very technical. I had to implement a lot of coding part um, to develop that further, to optimize the algorithms in order to help the business side to use this later. But after one month, having constant meetings with the stakeholders, I understand that that technical, purely technical data science task converted into the pure communication task. Okay. Why, it, why it had happened? Because, um, and that we got right now into the field of kind of, you know, mystifying the data science field that a lot of people, business people are saying that the data science field is something magical, as we covered this in the previous kind of episode. Um, and that is why they think that the data science field is capable of everything for every single person at every single point of time, which is not. And as a data scientist, you have to deliver that kind of insights and knowledge to them. And pretty much because of that part was missing on the business side, let's say that they wanted to have 100% of accuracy, which mm -hmm. is not even possible you have to kind of upskill them and you have to communicate it with the business side in order to deliver the project saying that, okay, guys, you already have to be totally happy with having 95% of the accuracy. And, you know, 
So this is about the communications. When you pretty much put the business side into your side and let them understand the capabilities of the data science projects and tools they aim to have. Yeah. So yeah. And I think this is completely in, in also part of the job description. Unfortunately, it's not like mm -hmm. literally part of the job description of data scientists. But mm -hmm. I, I feel that this really falls into your, your ballpark because, I mean, you are the one who knows what's possible and what's not. So um, what, what is feasible to achieve, right? And you need to give them somewhat a, like a lower and an upper range. And mm -hmm. in, in many applications, an upper range of 100% of what, whatever metric is just A, not mm -hmm. feasible and B, also not needed. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. And honestly, what I also thought about is that um, the first part is communication, definitely. So you have to communicate with the stakeholders and um, you have to communicate in the way that you're not using fancy, nice, huge mathematical formulas to make them feel, you know, bad because they wouldn't understand this. Kind of, you know, to suppress them, sort of. But you have to use really simple language. And I guess this is, uh, apart from you, from the communication um, field, um, being able to explain things in the very simple way. As a data scientist, like, complex things, turn them into the simple things. It's yeah. one of the major um, skills to have. Absolutely. And it needs yeah. a, a lot of practice, right? Because you yeah. just need to, to be exposed to these situations and also go, mm -hmm. go out of your comfort zone and not just hang out with your data science-y mm -hmm. uh, friends, but, but then really understand what kind of, like, prior knowledge level um, are you working with and it, this could be different in a, in a group mm -hmm. of, of business colleagues right and some are maybe super interested and are mm -hmm. easier to also um, convince and, and listen into your story and I think that brings me to another one because part of communication for me is also storytelling and I think that mm -hmm. is something that like a good data scientist I would expect uh, yeah her or him being able to to be able to storytell with data. And I think that it's it's not enough just to, you know, throw your yeah. uh, results and maybe a bit of your process onto some slides. But I think you need to be able to create a, uh, like, a, yeah, a story, like a story. that uh, keeps the attention of, of the business colleagues and also that really um, shows them what's in it for them, right? Because, again, mm -hmm. we're not doing data science because it's so fun, but we're, yes. we're doing data science because we want to help the business. Uh -huh. And I think that's the story that you need to tell with the data. Yeah, definitely. And also what I, like, about that kind of point of view, uh, what I've seen that not a lot of people can actually do the storytelling uh, mm -hmm. with the data. Uh, do you know maybe... Or like maybe do you have any kind of advice or like pieces of advice uh, to the our new fellows how it is better to start with the data storytelling? Yeah, yeah. So if you heard this this term like the first time, I think yes. maybe like do do a, a a bit of research because storytelling, of course, it's it's not just something that um, is possible in the area of data science, but. I mean, I mean, it's it's like a really, really nice skill to have for kind of mm -hmm. any other business area as well. And there are mm -hmm. really nice LinkedIn 
learning courses also on storytelling. Um, LinkedIn Learning and de definitely from the whole soft skill side, they are quite mm -hmm. strong. If you would ask me to kind of recommend them for more the technical learnings, I maybe would have other preferences. But mm -hmm. for the, the kind of softer parts, I really, really like to use LinkedIn Learning. Nice. And, and another recommendation there, I also know that our uh, friends from GDX are mentoring. They have a really nice uh, micro learning on storytelling as well. So mm -hmm. I think that is just uh, the first step to get yourself familiar with the techniques and then mm -hmm. to try it out with data, honestly. And I think it just needs a lot of practice. You can, you can listen yeah. about it all that you want. Um, and I think it, it does help with storytelling to just, you know, look at how other persons in data science um, mm -hmm. do it. You know, known persons also like Cassie Kosikov, uh, ex-Googler. Mm -hmm. But in the end, you need to just try it out, out yourselves and see how the, the business colleagues and the audience kind of reacts to it. Yeah, get definitely. Feedback. Get feedback. Mm -hmm. Because, you you know, you wouldn't have something as um, a as an instruction. How would you go with the storytelling about the data? Because every single data is unique. Every single case is unique. And pretty much what you have to do in there is all the time to create a will. Yeah. And you But want I, maybe one one advice, right? Visuals, mm -hmm. very nice visuals, never hurt. <laughs> yeah, definitely. People love that <laughs> yes. a lot as well. Like it's like you know, it's like a marketing uh, side of the visuals and plots and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. and you know, going to back maybe to communication part, um, mm -hmm. I feel that maybe we can add to this kind of skill is that if you if you have it that you can link it with the other soft skills, which are managing the people in terms of when you are working on the project with the other business people like stakeholders, and you can organize that. So you can pretty much pitch the project having these communication skills. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the second part that I wanted to mention is that as a data scientist, you are going to create you know, a lot of tools. Maybe you're going to create um, a decision tree that is going to help company to classify some products and check the, I don't know, the client's churn and stuff like that. Um, and going from that part, while creating the tool, you have to al always have in the back of your mind that you are going to deliver that to the business side. And that business side, they have to understand how to use it. And again, this is happening via communications. And by having those communications, you can increase the acceptance rate. Yeah. And time management comes in here as well, because don't <laughs> underestimate the time is needed to prep a good presentation to convince mm -hmm. the business to also take the time to enable them, right? That's exactly what you're saying, Kate. Uh, it's like with testing and software development, right? Mm -hmm. Testing actually is the most <laughs> important thing. And while we do know all about test-driven software development, mm -hmm. many people do not really follow it yet and still do testing at the very end when time runs out and I only have one day left. Yeah. Yes, so <laughs> pretty much do the unit tests. <laughs> Don't <laughs> underestimate like the, the kind of time that is needed also, you know, mm -hmm. packaging everything that you've done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rather, yes, rather take a bit more time because what, what from, from my experience also, right, um, you want to build a trustful relationship 
with your business partners and stakeholders, like in, in all directions, right? With your, with your management, um, with the management of the business colleagues, with the business colleagues themselves. And mm -hmm. this trustful relationship really does take some time, good communication. It, but it's also a very, say, fragile bond if you just getting started with everything. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you don't want to maybe throw over solutions too early over the fence. Yeah. And then risk that you kind of lose the interest and the buy-in from the business mm -hmm. side, right? Yeah. I mean, if you've kind of established yourself as a data scientist and have kind of a proven track record with your business uh, colleagues, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it can take some hits, right? But if you're just starting mm -hmm. out, I would say also um, have a feeling for like when it's the right time to present something and mm -hmm. uh, get get enough feedback Um But also maybe they don't want to listen about or they don't want to see every little small 0.1 percentage improvement. Um, that is so true. That is also the other side, right? Maybe you could also over communicate. Yes. So I would yeah. say if you can get uh, also if you're, for example, still in university right now, get as much working experience on the side as you can because mm -hmm. this will prepare you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, what I also love about like since we're talking about the university and the mm -hmm. experience in the universities is that I remember like in my uni days uh, back at that times, I was really missing that part as the communications and any kind of soft skills that we actually mm -hmm. I think personally we had to be taught in there. And mm -hmm. I would say, I know that in Germany, you would have a lot of opportunities to have kind of internships with the companies that would offer you not only having experience at technical stuff, but as well as having a little bit of experience at the communication stuff. So like um, talking with the business side, actually talking with the stakeholders. And maybe this is something that you would love to try. And I will definitely advise uh, to try that out because um, in the industry, As a data scientist, people expect you to be kind of good at both, at tech part, as mm -hmm. well as at communication part. And this is something that the internships, which are with the focus on the both fields, will help a lot and prepare you kind of to the industry. Yeah, very, very, very wise words. And uh, <laughs> shout out to the senior data scientists who also recognize this and give these opportunities to students and to career starters, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's the other part, right? We need good mentors and supervisors from the senior data scientist side to also leave some room for errors and mm -hmm. um, yeah, yes. also give, give a chance and opportunity to career starters. Yeah, you know, you just like started talking about a senior data scientist. And I remember that, um, I guess two weeks ago, I was doing the master class for the Singapore University. And it was like a, kind of a furor for the students in there. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I, I had a phrase on the slide that a senior data scientist is not someone who is guru of math and programming and sitting in the cave coding like you know eight hours a day and maybe we have to a little bit like I kind of demystify that part of being a senior data scientist or like as well as a team lead of the data science because you honestly what you will have to do you have to do a lot of communications again but not you know I can confirm this <laughs> yes <laughs> but not having your like playground like I don't know 80% of your time yeah 
Yeah, and it, it, it's a trade-off, right? It's about maybe having a, mm-hmm. a, a bigger lever, bigger impact on one side but you're, you're definitely trading off something like which is the the cave experience <laughs> of just shutting out everyone and coding yes. for two two days straight yeah and <laughs> both had has its yeah benefits and disadvantages uh-huh maybe to come like to to another thing i i don't i don't even know if it really profiles as a soft skill to be honest mm-hmm. um but for me being creative is like another really important trait of people yes. working in data science and you know everyone says oh you need to be creative in your job yes but mm-hmm. um, for me creativity and problem solving is quite interlinked mm-hmm. and it's it's about also like uh, and now kind of bridging the gap mm-hmm. the resilience of not giving up after some failed attempts right mm-hmm. and still being able to to find a good solution so creativity and resilience And problem solving is for me like the the triangle of oh successful data science. I, you know, yes. see, I I got so so uh, energized by this discussion. Yes, I see that, <laughs> guys. You definitely have to check out YouTube like for Yasmin's just emotions right now. <laughs> you you would just like see that on the face. I'm an Italian by heart. Like I I use my hands a lot. <laughs> Yeah, but that that is that is awesome, honestly, and like almost like your kind of mimics of the face, and uh, like I can just immediately see that you got like got hit by the topic. So pretty much you've just like covered um, at least two interesting aspects: is that resilience to challenge, the first part, and the second part. What was the beginning? Can you please just remind Creativity. me? Creativity. Creativity. Yes. yes. No, that is pretty interesting. Maybe I will add to the creativity thing. Is that. Um, a lot of people will be really, I would say, surprised that you would have any kind of art and creative mindset having applied skills and task skills. I mean, like, for a lot of people, like, when you are in math, they would say, okay, where is the art in here? Yes, where is that? But actually, you would have a lot of this creativity mm, I don't know how like moments and Mm -hmm. atmosphere, specifically if you have to, going back to the very first topic, if you have to create a data storytelling. Mm -hmm. This is something that you have to be definitely creative. Uh, Maybe creative going to the second topic at how you deliver the information. Because this is also something, I guess, unique and you have your own formula for that. And kind of unique and art, how you have to pitch and push a little bit the projects to mm-hmm. the business side and definitely creating new algorithms. This is the most funny part, the most creative part. And yeah, that is why I think every almost every uh, single data scientist would be love sitting in here like, uh, her, like her cave for two days straight <laughs> developing <laughs> <Yes>. something. <laughs> and I, I've heard like, People saying, like, it wasn't just one person, but people from mm-hmm. the industry saying, from the data science industry saying, um, we should get more into the science part of data science and, you know, maybe reduce a bit the the art C part of data science. Mm-hmm. And I, like, it, it, it's hard for me to just, like, in general, agree or disagree with the statement because I think you have to a bit differentiate. Where I agree with the statement is in the areas mm-hmm. of like 
productionization. Exactly what we've mentioned in our last episode, you know, uh, when it's about having stable, robust solutions that are integrated well in our productive landscape of mm -hmm. systems. Yes. More engineering, please. More science, please. Less, mm -hmm. Let's try out and see if it holds up. <laughs> On the <laughs> yes. other side, I, you know, I, I kind of can get this feeling of yes, let's get more to engineering routines and best practices and like, you know, mm -hmm. the kind of science-driven approach, yes, in data science. But mm -hmm. I still see that you need like the, the, the best and the elegant solutions, really they, they do have a big part of creativity and trying out and also a bit of trial and error. For me, that's mm -hmm. just still part of data science. Maybe this changes at some point, the more also mm -hmm. automation and tools are introduced into, mm -hmm. you know, uh, into data science, the more we also have automated machine learning. Maybe we also do an episode on the topic of like, you know, how mm -hmm. uh, is data science changing with AI coming more and more to this field? Yes, um, yes. But maybe. for me still, like the, as you said, creative problem solving is at the core of good solutions as well. Yeah, for me, though, you know, maybe I would add to this point is that perhaps it is a little bit different depending on which industry you are at and, mm -hmm. and which department. Uh, I just like, you know, got a thought that perhaps that is why I'm really, I love like, you know, R&D departments. Because in the R&D, you're doing just creating things. So in the R&D, they expect you to create new stuff, but not using like, you know, state-of-art algorithms or something like that. In there, you just like have like this kind of like fully creation mode. And like in the mm -hmm. ML part, I mean. Yeah, and, and and we're sorry if corporate Kate and corporate Yasmin are just throwing around abbreviations. <laughs> so R&D, by this we mean here research and development departments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I, I thought everyone knows that. Yes, <laughs> yes I, I, I do hope so, but just want to wanna make sure that we don't uh, don't yes. exclude anyone here from, from listening to the podcast. And if you ever hear any abbreviations that aren't uh -huh. familiar, just drop us a comment and uh, mm -hmm. get in touch with us. Yeah, because our, yes, yeah, definitely. I totally forgot it, about it. It does happen uh, <laughs> quite unconsciously, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the next topic that I propose to discuss a little bit is that you've already mentioned is the resilience to challenge. And I think it's one of the main, yeah, for me at least, it's one of the main skills that you would have, not as a data scientist, but as a tech as a person. person. As, as a, a tech person, person. General, kind of. No, no, no. Just tech mm -hmm. person in, in okay. the IT departments. Uh, I think because pretty much as we stated in the in the second episode, you would need to have this problem solving skills. Mm -hmm. And pretty much all the time when you have a task, um, as a data scientist, it is going to be something new every single time. At least it it has been like for me. With every single task, with every single process, with every single stakeholder, things happen to be different. And mm -hmm. even though that, I don't know, you have some knowledges from the universities, from the previous projects, from your team that you're working with currently, um, you will still need to have a little bit of the, you know, this kind of energy, eager to go ahead and challenge yourself. And by mean, I, uh, by this, I mean that if you would have any challenges, pretty much you have to, you have to be resilient to them. 
Yeah. So, so how do you build resilience, Kate? So how does this work for you? Uh, was this something mm -hmm. that you've kind of actively acquired or were you surprised yourself, like um, kind of observing no. that you are more resilient than you thought? So if someone is now uh -huh. wanting to know how can I build up resilience, and I, I guess there are whole books on this topic, but like what, what does work for you? Um, that is hard and at the same very easy question for me because um, you know why? Because for me, it comes very naturally. I'm like that since my childhood. And I guess I've been like that since I was mm -hmm. born or something like that. Um, all the time when I do have a problem, I got furious. I got a lot of energy because of that. <laughs> and I got furious only because I want to solve that because I don't like problems. <laughs> so, <laughs> And uh, this is the first part. And the second part is that I'm really curious. And all the mm -hmm. time when I have something that for some reasons I cannot handle with, or for some reasons I cannot solve, I guide in this, I would say, very child behavior state where I want to solve it no matter what. I'm going to do this like for the next, I don't know, like whatever, two hours, seven hours, two weeks, but I will solve it. I have this, you know, this kind of competition with myself. <laughs> and yeah, th that's that the is, only that competition is, that is uh, positive. Yes, yes, yeah, true. Uh, and I guess we, we all kind of saw that interesting pictures on Instagram or I don't know, maybe TikTok about a data scientist who is just has a problem and he or she, they have to solve it immediately. And that is why like they are somewhere sitting at the room while like other people are partying and trying to solve the bug in the machine learning algorithm. <laughs> let's this let's find that meme on the internet and <laughs> add this to the episode yes. description. Yeah, I really hope so. No, no, I, I think uh, the, the image just like plays out in my head. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that so, is okay. Yeah. Like, like, very good for you, Kate. Um, I, <laughs> I must say for me, um, it was a bit more of also a, a learning, I, I have to mm. say. And for me, um, maybe this also is a bit of like something that could help some of the, the, the audience as well to try it out. Um, when I'm getting frustrated with like, uh, as you said, like something mm -hmm. is not working as it should. Um, and I, I just feel, okay, my frustration tolerance has been really hit now and is at its limit. I try to see like the positive in it. So what is the 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 learning opportunity for me. And, you know, also sometimes if it's like really bad, what are the things that I'm, I, I can be grateful for? And then just remind also yourself, if, mm -hmm. you know, if this doesn't work out right now, it's not the end of the world. There are, you know, you there's a lot of things that you can probably be very much grateful for and just trying to take a step back, relax a bit. And, you know, sometimes it also helps just to, at this point, if you can, you don't mm -hmm. have to deliver like uh, to a deadline, right? Just mm -hmm. shut down the laptop and next morning or, or during the night, sometimes I, I, I solve problems during the night. Yes. And it's just, <laughs> I, I wake up and it's like super clear to me and I, I, I can't understand how this doesn't, you know, how, how this didn't come to me yesterday. Yes. And I just have the solution in my head. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is resilience as well, knowing when you can take a step back in order to attack again. Um, 
So this is this is sometimes what works for me as well as you know just doing some sports. I think also mm-hmm. that the regular regular working out and exercising does build up resilience as well a lot because just your your frustration tolerance gets gets uh, yes. exceeded and gets you know shifted a bit. And yeah. yeah, so these are things that are working for me quite well. You know, I must say that it's really wise. It's really that's wise. That's why, Kate. That's why because like I'm I'm one year older. <laughs> <laughs> that's the wisdom. No, just kidding. No, I, I think different different things are working, and I I mean I w- would have yes. loved to be naturally more resilient as, uh, as you. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a part of is definitely part of your genes, and and I think another part that you can really learn. Yes, and I think honestly that for today we're pretty much done with uh, the soft skills as communications, as resilience to challenge, as being creative, as develop this data storytelling, as developing your own kind of unique formula, how you're going to deliver results. And I think that is all for today. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. It was Yasmin and Kate from Diaries of a Data Scientist. And it was our third episode. Again, we are live on YouTube. So you can check out our kind of, you know, emotions, especially Yasmin's emotions when she got hit by the topic. (laughs) That was awesome. And yeah, thank you. And see you uh, in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This was Diaries of a Data Scientist by Yasmin and Kate. And if you enjoyed the episode, remember to check out our YouTube channel and our LinkedIn pages for more engaging content from the data science world. Thank you for today and seeing you in the comments.